Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parekh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Today's guest is Ebony P.A. Ramirez, a DEI consultant and founder of Build Her World, an app designed to help girls aged 9 to 13 build their businesses. She joins us today from Seattle, Washington. Ebony, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sanjay. Glad to be here. Yeah, so I'm excited to have you because uh, talking to somebody else that's helping founders, even though they're young founders, start their companies is always exciting to me. But before we get into that, give us a little bit about your background and what got you to where you are today. Okay. Uh, well, you said it. I'm, I'm born in uh, Seattle, Washington. Um, born and raised here, so I'm Pacific Northwest diehard fan. Um, Seahawks, all of it. Um, I um, went to the University of Washington. Um, grew up in a family of five, and uh, we were very, I would say, entrepreneurial uh, inquisitive or entrepreneurial adjacent. Um, so uh, parents were always asking us those questions, what we want to be, what do we want to do, what we want to try. Um, and so we always had their support. So I went to the University of Washington and actually studied dance um, and fell in love with, you know, performance. Um, and so I went to New York upon graduation um, and um, went to Alvin Ailey to study um, in a, by an extension program and started to choreograph as well as perform. So my, my favorites are hip hop and modern. Um, and or some kind of fusion of the two. Um, and I did that for about six years. Um, and obviously, while you're dancing, you know, it does. It, we didn't have TikTok at the time or YouTube. So <laughs> we couldn't make money immediately by, by sponsorship. So, you know, you needed a place to like cushion that um, bank account. So we and I ended up going to um, executive administrative route, um, which in New York is a career all in itself and pays extremely well. And so I was able to do that to support myself as well as audition and take on side jobs for dancing. And I ended up at Goldman Sachs, which was probably not good for my artistic career because I soon learned how much money I was missing out on. Um, and so by that, I um, learned a lot about the stock market and it happened to coincide with the 2008 crash. And so I ended up uh, moving from there, uh, but taking all of this kind of like newfound knowledge of money, as well as um, insight on, wow, maybe I should actually go make more money um, <laughs> dancing. So I kind of hung up my dancing dreams at that point, um, ended up um, through a couple of different roles, uh, Bloomberg, and then I landed at a startup. And by that time in my career, I thought, you know, I think I want to do entrepreneurship. Um, I worked directly with the founder of the company at Conductor, and I just loved being in that seat. Um, every day is a new day. And um, I wanted to either become a venture capitalist or launch my own company, but I wanted to get some Silicon Valley experience. So I popped over to Silicon Valley and I was so lucky enough to get hired by the team at Oculus. Um, and at that time it was their EA, but I was very, very focused on DEI really, really well from birth, pretty much. Um, and so I grabbed all the opportunities and then transitioned into a PM role there um, and loved it for four years. Um, popped into after that, taking a little break, 
raised a venture capital fund. Um, and then, cause I wanted to see what that would fill out, you know, test out my fundraising skills. Did not too bad. Um, and then I decided that builder world was probably something that needed to exist. And so yeah. I started to work on that. Yeah. Uh, just for listeners to make sure they, they know DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, and PM role, you said a uh, product manager, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that, that's what you mean by you're, PM. You're right. Uh, PM could be product manager. I was a program manager, just to be clear. Program on that manager. Yes. Okay. Yeah. See. Yeah. Good thing I clarified. <laughs> um, uh, awesome. So, uh, so was this the first time? So, build her world. Is this the first time you've started your own company? Um, or, you know, you said you were entrepreneurial yeah. adjacent, which I love that word. Uh, when you were younger, were, were you doing some hustling things when you were young? And, and what was the first thing? Yes, but much more socially. Um, so like the money part didn't come until later. So I, um, by the time that I was, uh, oh gosh, like 13, I was already a pretty good dancer. And so a lot of people kind of would come to me and ask me to perform. So I started to perform, started my own dance group in junior high, um, and then started another one in high school. In high school is when I started to get paid. Um, and then also at the University of Washington, I started a dance group there. And we obviously started to get paid there too. So um, I would say from the dance perspective, I was very much um, getting paid uh, before. Um, again, not as lucrative as the TikTokers, but, <laughs> <laughs> but enough to keep me you know, energized and passionate and like, okay, I can probably fuel this career for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think your story there uh, shows timing is everything uh, when it comes down to it. Like just a few years later and yeah. TikTok, uh, you would be the new Charlie D'Amelio or yes. so, you know, something like that. <laughs> so, um, okay. Uh, when you decided to go in uh, and, and explain to us uh, what Build Her World is actually before Absolutely. I ask you that question. Uh, so it's essentially a platform for girls um, to learn what entrepreneurship is. Um, entrepreneur is not necessarily a word that at that age and at that group um, actually like adapt or adopt quite quickly. So I changed it to builder because that's kind of a term that really encompasses the crafting, um, the building, um, the creative right around 10 to 12 um, or 10 to 13 generation alpha girls. That's what we're focusing on. Um, those are the ages in which parents finally kind of get it that you are kind of consistently learning a new tool or a new craft. And it's really the age where you start to get really good at building your skill set in a particular craft. And so um, it felt it was really important to grab at that age. It also happens to be the ages right before you start all of that insecurity that's, that starts to mount up, uh, right? And, you know, 14, 15, 16, you start to question yourself and doubt yourself. So it was really important for me to get in at that intersection to start building those skills. And really, it's like it's more muscle building, in my opinion, than anything else. If a girl actually builds a company out of it, that is, I mean, that's creme de la creme. That's me hitting it out of the park. But I would say uh, more importantly, it's, it's about inclusive collaboration. It's about understanding that a setback is just you got to change your mindset and keep going after the skill. And then the most importantly is the fundamental like entrepreneurship um, skill sets that a lot of boys get, um, but a lot of girls don't get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love that. And it's funny uh, you mentioned that that nervousness or self-doubt. We hear that so many times with our guests on this podcast um, where I ask the question of, you know, like, what, you know, what would you do differently or, or, or something like that? And, and a lot of it is, is, is that self-doubt of like, well, I don't, I don't know all the things right. that I need to know. And honestly, most of us that start companies, we don't know all the things. And you're, you're building the bicycle as you're mm-hmm. pedaling down mm-hmm. the street. Um, for almost everybody, even yep. the people that you see that are successful, exactly, they've done the exact same thing. Um, so let me ask you this then, when you were starting this, 
Was there something that made you nervous uh, about doing this? And how did you overcome that for yourself? Yeah, I would say there's two main things. So if you look at the app, um, it's a very diverse character um, kind of rap, meaning the branding of it is essentially through six different characters of girls, um, all of um, various backgrounds. So uh, from a Black American, Asian American, Southeast Asian American, Latin American, I mean, I have everything to be represented um, and I'm probably missing some just because this world's so beautifully diverse. But it was really important to me to kind of create characters that girls would be able to connect with um, to kind of tell the story and guide them along their their journey. And um, I am not a illustrator. So I had to figure out how to how to create these cartoon characters. And again, this was before any kind of AI cartoon making or, you know, um, a little bit before, like maybe the gig economy where you could just hire anybody. So I had to figure out how to do that. I, of course, did not draw them, uh, which I think that's why they are beautiful, because I was able to get my hands on some extremely um, brilliant uh, illustrators and trying to figure out and identify that. That was the first one that I had to really like get over and not get intimidated about. Uh, and then the second piece is I am not I, I can do a little bit of unity um, as a coder um, and a little bit of like HTML or CSS. But let's be real, like coding has gone way past that now. And so, I mean, it, it's gotten way more sophisticated and I was not about to take a class and then crash course this thing. So I had to figure out how to hire a development team and work closely with them, adopt their language um, and really try to come up to speed so that we can have like really great communication and um, and work together to build the app. Um, you know, I have I, I will say that I had a benefit of being in tech for a while. So I had a little bit of introduction to a lot of those you know terms and processes, but it was a whole different thing doing it on my own. And of course, on my own budget. So those are the two things that I had to get over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I pretend to code still to this day. I, I wasn't <laughs> a good coder 20 years ago. Uh, and now it's like, uh, I'm probably really, really not good at this point. Um, but we're going to avoid that subject for now. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. Okay, so when you decided, you know, what was it that, that made you take that leap? You were doing a venture fund, do, doing all these things. Mm -hmm. um, what made you decide like, hey, I, I want to go all in on this one thing? Was there an event? Was there like some aha moment that, that caused you to think like, I, I got to do this all in? Um, I would say that when I was in venture um, and I would, it was just as hard being in venture as a woman in tech, specifically a woman of color in tech, as it was in being in a tech company. Right. Yeah. And so I would talk to a lot of the women and a lot of them were having fun, but some of them weren't. <laughs> and so it kind of like, I don't know, something kind of, you know, went off in me a little bit of like, am I having fun right now? Because um, so, I really do believe that you should really love what you do. Um, you just get that much more at it, out of it. And so um, I would work with the founders, and I, I realized that I had just a very good way of working with founders. And I was like, you know, this is this is amazing. Um, I feel like I'm getting fed just as much as I, I get the feedback that they're feeling feeling like I'm adding value to them. And so right. that probably was it for me when I said. I need to go in all on this. And then I would say the second piece of that is, you know, sometimes frustration fuels, right? And so it motivates. And so I got very frustrated not seeing enough younger girls having the opportunities. If you take a 13-year-old kid from Silicon Valley, that's me, the boy, oftentimes you're going to find that that kid has either launched something, 
his mother or father has launched something. They're about to launch. And, I, and you know, they had the terminology, the vocabulary. And I was frustrated by that. But I, if you took a girl, not necessarily you were going to get that. Um, not that they couldn't do it because they're obviously brilliant, but um, it wasn't any targeted or geared focus to that. And so that really that made me mad. <laughs> so I was like, it's time. It's just time. And and I think I waited a couple of years thinking another group would do it. And I still see that it's not done. And I was like, yeah, it's time. Let's, yeah, let's just go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's funny. I, I do the same thing. I've got a long list of ideas and I'm very happy when other people do them because right. that's one less thing that I have to do. <laughs> All right, because the list is already right. wrong. I'm not going to get them all done anyways. <laughs> um, but sometimes people just don't do not do some of these. Yeah. Like, what, what is wrong with you people? Okay, fine, <laughs> I'll do it. Um, and, uh, and it's nice to hear that you're the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so, uh, so the company is, is it just you? Is it more people? How big is the company right now? Uh, so I would say from a technical standpoint, the company's second like three, but um, you know, 1099 or co- contractors. I haven't right. hired any full-time yet. Um, I'm on track to do that probably in about another year. Um, yeah. I'm probably got a year by myself or with, and with a couple of contractors, but I'll probably onboard maybe one or two contractors. Um, as we've just kind of hit one of our major clients, um, we'll need a little bit more support um, uh, uh-huh. in, the, in the kind of organization of stuff. So I think that we'll be growing a little bit more this year faster than I anticipated. Yeah. So you get yeah. a couple of people and then basically flex up with a development team and all exactly. of these you know, ad hoc illustrators and and folks like that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, Okay, so uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, Even though you're helping girls with their businesses, um, running your own business is stressful. Uh, And so how do you manage the stress of owning uh, a business and everything else that happens in life? How do you balance these things for yourself? Um, gosh, what a great question that one is. Um, I would say, and do I have a one point answer? Um, <laughs> let's like, I don't, you know what I mean? There's like not just one answer. Um, they, you know, it's a great question. I, so, um, balance is not, a, is not quite the word that I embrace. Let, let's start there. I, I think that you always, is, it, is have, it juggling? Is it, is it juggling? That yeah. 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 It's not a, it's not a balance. It's not, it's not, because some things require your attention at different times. Right. And so I think that when I'm able to kind of shortchange a little bit on the DEI consulting, I can beef up more of the focus on the builder world. Um, and then knowing when it's the right time to beef up and then when it's okay to get back to what's truly paying my you know, mortgage and, and, and all my other bills, right? Um, so also I would say that I, I happen to have um, a pretty good like support team, uh, meaning I've built some amazing you know, relationships um, and network with people that have been founders um, that I can go to um, that keep the stress down. Um, other entrepreneurs and, and other ways like real estate that I've built relationships with that can always remind me like, hey, what's the focus point here? Um, I have an incredibly amazing husband who's completely supportive, um, 100% um, sister, family. I mean, they're just all very supportive. And so they know when I need a moment to like pause and I'm not like overly burdened with things, you know, say for instance, like if we're going to have a big cookout, don't expect me to cook something. <laughs> Maybe I'll supply the, the, you know, the supplies of the meat or, you know, the, the sides. So it's, it's really just like adjusting within um, every day, but knowing what's the most important to spend your time on. I, that, that's yeah. kind of how I balance. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I'm not sure I realized this uh, until now when you said this, but you're balancing between being a DEI consultant as well as Built Her World. Yes. What's your split between these two in terms of time? Um, so I would say in the beginning of last year, it was more of like a 80-20. Um, uh-huh. 
kind of, and, and I should say that in the DEI space, I'm also a coach for two other accelerators. So I have my hands in a lot of things, but that also keeps me really sharp to be able yeah. to write, to bring those learnings to my business um, for Builder World. So I would say now the split is probably about a 60-40, um, 60 on Builder World and 40 on the DEI. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And and so your plan eventually is to go oh, yeah. 100% on 100%. Builder World. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so that that's great. Um, so then let's talk about then the boundaries because the consulting side is presumably the thing that pays the bills right yep. now. Yep. Um, how do you manage these things and make sure that uh, you've got those guide rails and that you're able to spend the time on Builder World because that's where your passion is right. and that's right. where your hopefully future uh, you know income and all that comes from. But right now, the money is the other thing. Right. How do you how do you set the boundaries between these two? And then more broadly, how do you set the boundaries between you know business and personal life? Because you're doing two things. You've got yeah. a side hustle and a, yeah. a full time, or maybe it's two side hustles. Right. I, I don't know how you consider it. <laughs> um, you're just hustling a lot. Right. And how do you make sure this doesn't eat up? 24 seven, you know, every day, every week, uh, all oh, the time. Oh man, can I say that it doesn't eat up? It eats up <laughs> at least one, <laughs> it eats up at least one weekend a, a month for sure. Um, but I'm working on it every day. I would say that time blocking is probably the best boundary that I put in place. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm pretty efficient now with my DEI practice. Um, it's something that I've been doing for 10 years and officially, but I mean, like I've been doing DEI since, um, high school and college, like the University of Washington, I was on their diversity advisory board. I mean, I've been doing it for a while, um, volunteering at various places as soon as I went to New York. So like, I kind of live an ecosystem of the DEI. Um, so for me, it's actually not quite hard. Um, that said, you know, obviously there's time that's required to my clients. Um, so I would say it's, it's time blocking is probably the most. Um, to constantly checking in on my clients, making sure they feel that they've been, they getting, they're getting the value that I've committed to. Um, right. and if there's an issue, which luckily for me, thank the Lord, hasn't been <laughs> an issue, um, you know, then I'm able to, you know, put a couple hours in into Builder World. Um, and then, um, I would say constant communication, you know, with the family, you know, if I need a late night or an early morning communicating that, you know, Hey, I'm not going to be available um, as, as soon as possible. So scheduling, I'm a, I'm a pretty good scheduler. As I said before, I had experience as an EA, so I know how to schedule pretty well. Um, <laughs> so, so that's where I would say. Also, I would say as far as the boundary goes, um, I don't subscribe to like, I, hustle is definitely like part of, part of it. There's no way you can't do some of it, but I don't subscribe to like overly hustling. Um, if something feels like it's getting to a place like good, great, um, perfection is not a place I ever live in. And so good and great is kind of what I go back into. One of the, you asked about boundaries. So I think this is an important one to say, I don't, I don't ever go to perfectionism. Um, and, and maybe like, you know, somebody will get hired later in the brand and they're like, oh, this needs to be a little bit more perfect. Maybe I'll, I'll let them handle the perfectionism. But I think that good and great will get it there. Um, almost like, no, oh, 98% of the time. Um, and so that's kind of the boundary that I do put for myself. Um, it keeps me from being overly stressed. Yeah. Um, th that's an interesting insight because I tend to be more on the perfection side <laughs> sometimes. Um, and, and I'm very detail oriented. Like I like things to be right. Um, and, and I'm a, a strong believer in when you're doing things, even the things that people don't see, they should be right as well. Okay. Uh, because oh, wow. that one person that does see it will then appreciate true all the effort in, in the whole thing. But I do recognize that sometimes that's not 
helpful in trying to accomplish <laughs> things. So um, that is definitely a balance for me. You mentioned time blocking. Is there um, something that you do in terms of a tool uh, or is it just using the calendar and just using it effectively? Or is there something that you do to to make that effective for yourself? Uh, no, it's it's very simple. It's color coding calendar and just using the calendar very effectively. Um, and and really putting in breaks for myself. Like say, for instance, my, if you if I looked at my calendar, every minute of the day is probably pretty organized. Um, like the lunch is put in, the break to take a walk is put in. Um, those are the kind of things um, that I that I kind of live and die by. Um, I also have, an, I would say another one that I do. I used to take a lot of kind of interruptive calls or emails. I don't do that anymore. And that has probably increased my efficiency quite a bit. Um, really thinking about why I'm using my time and what it's designated for and, and staying very close to that is probably one of the most important things that I've learned as far as um, allowing kind of those interruptive, oh, let me get back to this person. This person just pinged me. I, I really hold truth to my calendar in that sense. Yeah. And that's a hard thing because it's only gotten worse over time, yeah. hasn't it? Cell phones <laughs> and then we have email and email, now you have things Slack like Slack and, and Discord and like yeah. all of these things where it's constant notifications that it's, you feel like you're on somebody else's Absolutely. time and, and not your own. Yeah. Um, so that that's an interesting insight. So, uh, you know, in your kind of your, your daily and weekly calendar, you mentioned mm -hmm. lunch and going out, taking walks. What else is like constant that is like Pre-planned in there that pre in there. doesn't Well, I was vary. a dancer, so obviously a dance session is happening every day, just so you know. <laughs> <Nice>. Every day <laughs> it's happening. So, you know, that's a requirement for me. Uh, it's the way that I express and, and get it all out. So that's happening. Um, easier to do now that I'm working from home versus when I was in... <laughs> Obviously, obviously. <laughs> I, so. I'm, I'm just having an image of you, Ebony, at Goldman Sachs uh, <laughs> dancing in the office. And they're all like, why is she doing that? What is she doing uh, exactly? Is she have, is, is something good happen we don't know about? What, what is happening? Um, yeah, Goldman, not so much. Maybe at, a, at another company, the startups, you know, they'll join in. But yeah, Goldman, not so much. But it happened. <laughs> <laughs> so a dance session every day. That's, dance session that's every day, good. Yeah. That's, that's a good lesson for everybody. Like whatever your hobby is, uh, maybe <laughs> schedule it, it in every yeah. day. Yeah, you got to keep it close. Um, I do a little photography. So oftentimes on the walk, I would take the 20 minute walk and just take pictures as well. So um, and I feel like that keeps me creatively like motivated as well. Um, it also keeps me very humble, right? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not great at it. So it keeps keeps my humility intact. It's like, yeah, you, you got some learning to do. So it, it reminds me of that. Yeah. What, what, what's your uh, camera of choice? Are you just using your cell phone or is it an actual camera? It's an actual camera. Um, it's a Leica SL. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's Nice um, camera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're a Canon family ourselves. Oh, but, that, oh, uh, sure. I started with Canon. I started you? with Canon. Yeah. Yeah. I started with Canon. Canon's a great brand. I love it. Yeah. Well, Leica makes some real, and some of their newer uh, oh, cameras gosh. are really beautiful. Yeah. Oh, um, oh my goodness. Not, some on my not to mention performance, but <laughs> yes. they, they also look good too. So, <laughs> um, which, you know, it's, it's funny how much uh, everything has changed in terms of how we view products. You know, mm -hmm. if you think back 20 mm -hmm. years ago, it, it just had to work. Yeah. Uh, absolutely and now true. it also has to look good. That's right. Uh, because if something That's that right works better than, and doesn't look as good. It's That's just right. not going to sell. Yeah. Um, and I think That's absolutely I, I'm happy about that being the place that we're in personally. But I am as well. Um, I have, a, I like, I have a high aesthetic for things. So I, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I, I love, matter of fact, probably like, a, I mean, it's the, I mean, beautiful pr product period. Like as it, you know, it produces this beautiful pictures, but it's one of the most beautiful like pieces of technology made in the cameras. So like, I'm very attracted to that. So yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. 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 Um, 
okay, uh, let's uh, switch gears a little bit um, and think about going back in time. You've had kind of a long career uh, spanning back to New York and being an EA and all these things. You know, if you could go back in time and do something differently, what well, what is that thing that you do differently and why? Oh my gosh. Um, oh, that's an, I think that's an easy one for me. Um, I would probably have gone into science research. Um, and, you know, when the COVID situation happened, that might've been the moment where I was like, shoot, did I miss my calling? Um, you know, to go and uh, study sciences, um, particularly in, you know, uh, epidemiology or, or uh, oncology, those are the two that I would probably would have had the calling for. Uh, I tried to go that direction in the beginning, but I was too much of a talker. So um, it did not work out for me. Um, I had I did well with the grades, but it, it just I just talked a little too much. So I think that um, I wouldn't have focused for long hours. I, I worked in labs. It just you know they were like get this girl out of here. Um, they just they were not yeah it wasn't good. That's though what I probably would have done. You know maybe a different kind of impact to society that I think I would have wanted to aspire to. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I can see that as a necessary skill for somebody who's working a lot. My dad was actually a microbiologist for many, many oh, years. He worked cool. for the CDC. Um, and uh, yeah, he had his lab by himself. So okay. himself <laughs> in his lab, yep. doing his work, yep. nobody to bother him. That's how he liked it. Yep, yep. Um, I think that might be a common trait with, uh, with people that right. are doing research like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, you, need uh, to, you need to focus. <laughs> yeah, you, you need the focus. And, and I think you and I are probably the same where we need the people uh, yeah, as well. Exactly. <laughs> That's not, exactly that doesn't true. really mix with the research. Um, uh, okay, so uh, thinking about kind of all the things that you've done, you, mm -hmm. you're doing side hustles now, you're working with girls, doing mm -hmm. all these things. Um, if you're talking to somebody who is thinking about taking that leap and, and launching a side hustle or taking their side hustle and, and making it a full-time business, what kind of advice would you give to them? Oh my gosh. I don't know if you're going to like it. <laughs> so what I'm going to say is there's two pieces of advice. One, um, the first piece of advice would be a question. Do you see what the current offer is? Um, the current offer is uh, long hours, unappreciative. Um, <laughs> you're not getting the value that you could ever make on your own. And, um, you know, micromanaging. Uh, that offer is not really great. It's great to learn for a couple of years or you know, decade and, and no, you know, shout out to everyone, you know, working hard with that because, you know, we're all trying to support our families and ourselves and, and how we need to do that is, is so important and valued. But I would say that's the first part of it is like, you know, the current offer is not that great. Um, the second thing is that, um, the reward that you get um, for walking into your passion. And if you're able to make money with it, I mean, the value that you feel um, at night. Uh, won't feel as much exhaustion or maybe you'll feel exhaustion, but it'll be a nice kind of breeze of exhaustion. Um, uh, I think that you and like in, emphatically um, will be um, much more successful in your life if you're able to align with something of your passion. Um, so that's the first thing that I would say. Two, yeah. I would say, um, or three, I guess, the, the third piece of advice is um, we all make mistakes um, and just assume you're going to make tons. And so the faster that you accept that, um, is the quicker that you'll be able to not only get past those mistakes, but learn from them as well, and then be better at what's your end goal, towards your end goal. Yeah, I, I think uh, that advice is actually spot on. Um, entrepreneurs, people doing entrepreneurship for the money um, are not necessarily yeah. always successful. Yeah. Um, if you're doing it to make a difference in the world, uh, make a dent in the world, I think yeah. there's much more chance that you're going to be happy Absolutely. Uh, and that you're going to be successful. And hopefully that means 
uh, it comes into some financial rewards to yeah, you because of that. Absolutely. Um, we, we, uh, so my next question for you, uh, I've got two questions actually uh, left for you. One, we talked a little bit about technology around uh, time blocking, things like mm -hmm. that. Is there any other kind of technology or apps or systems that you use to keep you going, keep your day sane, you know, all these things you've learned a lot as somebody who's basically managing and helping managing mm -hmm. these large organizations, what do you use to keep the train running on the tracks? No, oh, I wish, I don't think that I use anything particularly well, but I, I, will, I guess I'll share just a little bit of the uh, systems, but um, I, they're probably what everybody else uses. Um, Slack, I think is fantastic. Um, I really do. I think WhatsApp is, is fantastic from an international standpoint. Um, I love most of, I, I mean, this is not going to be a shocker since I worked with Apple, but I'm, a, I'm an Apple head. I just am. I love, I, I, I think that the way that they make the product so beautiful and, and that I've had an kind of an intimate, um, you know, uh, relationship with those that did design the works, they put such intention into it and you feel it when you work with them. Uh, mm. don't get me wrong. I know there's, you know, every, not everything's perfect and we can go, we can have a discussion <laughs> on that. And, you know, if I was talking to an Android, you know, person, but, um, I think, you know, Apple products, um, I love Google products. I think Google does a fantastic job, um, of their ecosystem and, I think that's about it for me. I think I'm, I don't, I don't think there's anything else. Um, I'm starting now to probably adopt a little bit more chat GPT, um, but slowly um, I'm, I, as a DEI professional, you're probably not surprised to hear that. Um, <laughs> you know, and and for, for those that are listening, you know, there's this conversation where, you know, how much inclusive minded is it? And, you know, what's the harm that it's doing? So I, I right. pause, I'm led, don't get me wrong. I'm extremely excited because that is the future of where we're going to be going. Yeah. Um, but we've got to be cautious. So um, so I'm just starting now to kind of like play with that to see how we can like, you know, fast track maybe some of my systems or processes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. Um, okay, last question for you, um, for our listeners, you know, you're working kind of exclusively in helping girls uh, become entrepreneurs and founders. Um, is there anything that uh, you think all the other founders and, and listeners of this podcast should be doing to help create that next generation of entrepreneurs in society, I I do. Um, I would say uh, this is this is going to be spot on to my my own personal brand inclusion. It is we're missing out on a lot of genius because we're not being inclusive enough. So yeah. my number one to everyone that they could be doing more of is to think who is missing from the table um, and who you're not who you're not making better bridges to so that your yeah. product and, and what you're trying to build is accessible to everyone. Um, so I, and, and I, you know, I know that I, I should probably put some context around what everyone means. Cause I know every founder maybe have a target, you know, group that they're focused on, but um, really getting to the underbelly of like how, how much more inclusive can you be, you know, to your product or your service. So I think yeah. that's what all the founders I would challenge them with. I love that. I love that. Um, Ebony, this has been fantastic. How can our listeners find and connect with you online? Oh, absolutely. Um, please jump to WW Builds Her World, and it's her world, H-E-R uh, world.com. Um, and that would be wonderful. You can find me also on Instagram as well. Um, and Twitter's coming soon. <laughs> so those are the three places that I would say um, that you can find me. Also, you can um, email me at ebony at buildherworld.com as well. And I'd be happy to answer any questions and just share more about what I'm working on. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. My, my, my pleasure. Thank you so much for being such a gracious host. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit Hiscox.com. 
That's H-I-S-C-O-X dot com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find out more about me at my website, sanjayparikh.com.